Hey guys, you're listening to the Struggles We Grow From podcast. And this podcast is designed for believers to talk about the struggles that they go through in their everyday lives. Join us as we bring these struggles to light and look at what the Bible says. All right, so grab your coffee, grab your journal, grab your pen, and let's get started. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Struggles We Grow From podcast. It's me, Austin, and I'm here with my wife. Sydney. And we are diving into episode number two, uh, kind of going over the Hillsong documentary. So if you have not listened to episode one, we suggest go back, listen to it, so you can get a better idea of kind of what we're going to be dialoguing about today. But we're really going to be focusing on episode two of the documentary. And that really is mostly about the New York campus, Carl Lentz, Brian Houston's relationship with Carl Lentz, all these different things is really interesting. Um, but Sydney, I know she has been chomping at the bit to talk about this particular episode. Why? I don't know. Every time we've tried to talk about it, you okay, just say, so don't I want to, I do okay, want to say this. I want to start off with this. We could honestly sit here for hours and probably pick and point at everything that Carl Lentz did and talk about how horrible it is. I don't think we need to do that, number one. And number two, I think a majority of you probably already know, and if you don't, I'll just say this. Before this documentary ever came out, Carl Lentz was fired from Hillsong because it came out about an affair that he had had because the woman, I believe, she came out. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. So an affair that he had with another woman came out, and they dive into that in this episode. Um, And then it has also kind of come out, I think he's even said himself, that it was a really big struggle for him and that there were others throughout the years, you know. Yeah. We don't need to go into all of his personal affairs, So we're not going to do that. But anyway. Anyways. So anyway. So in this episode, um, it just really took a look at Carl Lentz before he even came to Hillsong. And a woman shared her story of how she even had gone to that church. And I think he was the youth pastor Mm -hmm. there at the time. And what was that church called? I can't remember now. Can't remember. It don't matter. Anyway. If you go watch the documentary, you'll see it. But she was just sharing how even then, from her story and her perspective, even then, allegedly, he, you know, pulled her and her boyfriend at the time that she was dating someone into a room where she confessed. They confessed that they had slept together. Or net whatever, and instead of being a pastor who was going to help them and shepherd and care for them in that yeah. moment, pretty much was like, okay, well, you guys need to break up for so and so long, and basically it was almost like the parent, yeah, in the situation. But their their narrative and their agenda that like they were trying to push here in this documentary is. He was already, before Hillsong, very much, these are my rules, and this is what I say goes if you're a member of this church. 
you don't need to question it. And if you don't follow them, then, you know, you're outcasted or you have to break up for six months and then we can reevaluate your relationship then because how dare you do this? It was pretty much the way she was, her story and the way and her side, the way she portrayed it was I was pushed down and I was condemned instead of shepherded and cared for and helped. It, It was all about control. Yeah. So episode two is titled Critical Mass. That's the name of the episode. And I I don't think that that's a pun intended. I think that that's the real deal thing because that's what happens as control gets sought after. I believe our cat right now is putting its paws under the door. He's putting its paws under the door. But he can't be in here because he's just really loud. So Critical mass control, all those different things. I, I don't believe that was an accident. It, uh, you know, this episode also looked into the apparel in which Carl Lentz would adorn himself with. Right. You know, $1,000 shirts, $1,000 pants. Have you guys ever heard of the Preachers and Sneakers Instagram it's account? Amazing. Okay, so it has been a thing for a while. Long I mean, time. I mean, you have followed it. Since they college. had that guy in the documentary. And because apparently, you know, he loved to show off the apparel that Carl Lentz was sporting. Because pretty much this Instagram is pretty much, I don't know, how would you say it? It's, it's really taking a look at celebrity pastors, what they're wearing, and the cost. Yeah. So it'd be a, it'd be similar like this. If Pastor James, if he is listening to this, I'm not saying you should do this. Rolled up in his Air Force one. <laughs> but if Pastor James decided to wear a Gucci jacket and Yeezys on the platform for a Sunday service. But in all reality, he shops at Ross. Just my G. Not to hate. We shop at Ross too. Anyway, Amen. go ahead. But if he were to wear that on a Sunday... That should make everyone in the congregation pause and, and scratch their head and question. Is that where my tithe went? Your pat. Li- <laughs> I don't care. I'm going to get real passionate about this. Okay. I don't care how much money or how many people attend a church. If you are wearing $1,000 articles of clothing, you're not living in the gospel. I'll be as straight up as I can with that. Because mm-hmm. I don't believe that that's what Christ died on the cross to do. He shed his blood so that you can have drip. That's not what it was about. Right. So. Sorry. I got no, you're fine. There. So going off of this, talking about his apparel and everything, let's kind of talk about the leadership of Hillsong and why they chose Carl Lentz or why Brian Houston chose Carl Lentz specifically to pastor this New York church. Yeah. And so pretty much he knew that Carl Lentz would be able to, with his look and his style and what he was wearing and like, you know, this handsome dude, whatever, they very much pushed that in this episode of the documentary of, just how handsome he was. And they even like walked up and down the street 
to like random, well, we think are random people, but you know, these documentaries, they you know, might not be random anyway. Comes from the person who's been watching. What have you been watching lately? Shut up. We're not talking about that. <laughs> anyway. Um, so basically they were asking these people who, you know, weren't members of Hillsong, didn't go to Hillsong. And they were like, what do you, when you hear, you know, Hillsong in New York, like, what do you think of? And they were all like, oh, that handsome pastor. Yep. That celebrity pastor, Carl Lentz. Because they knew that Carl Lentz and his connections, he would be able to get celebrities to come to his church. Yep. And they even had a freaking VIP section that if you weren't VIP, you didn't sit there. Like, what the hell is that? Sorry. Whoa. Whoa. I'm sorry. Whoa. If I ever walked into a church, this episode will be marked, not for kids. Explicit. If, you know, like, dang. Anyway, oh, this irks me. So there's always <laughs> this tension that happens when you take scripture and you try to modernize it or you try to come up with methods in which you can promote or advance the gospel in a modern day sense. And our society... To fit your own narrative and your agenda. Yep. So our society by design is classes. Now, this is... Listen, before I go any further, I want you guys to know, I'm super conservative. I'm not talking about <laughs> class warfare. I'm not one of those Antifa folks. Like, we got guns. I wear Crocs. I we got, got chickens. We got chickens. We own a lot of my pillow stuff. <laughs> we did not purchase it, though. It was gifted. So when I say... We flaunt it proudly. When I say our society is designed to be classes, I'm not talking about economics. What I am talking about is that we've our society is designed the top tier, then there's lower, and it's a pyramid of importance. At least that's what we're propagated. That is the same model that happened in Hillsong, New York. Yeah. VIPs were given special access. I mean, the whole Bieber and Carl Lentz, you know, saga of them being one-on-one, BFFs. Do I believe that Justin Bieber had a actual conversion experience? I, I do believe so. I think, I, I believe so. I think there's been a change. There's been marriage. He's, you know, he's, I believe he's going to Redeemer in now in New York, Tim Keller's church. So I think there's genuine faith there. But the motives and means in which that was achieved, we've got a lot of questions. Well, the motives and means of Carl Lentz. That's exactly it. You know, bringing him under his wing. There was, you know, paparazzi just, you know, they, they go places that paparazzi would happen to be there. Carl Lentz with the shirt off, wearing his super expensive shoes and jeans, just so there'd be photos taken of the two of them together. Other celebrities would see that. Yeah. Other people would see that. Oh, Justin Bieber's going there. Like, let's go. And you want to talk about not only is the music and the environment and atmosphere drawing these young people in, that's really going to draw them in. Yep. 
because there's Justin Bieber. I know like Vanessa Hudgens. Well, I get I to think rub they even shoulders with about, a celebrity now. Yeah, I think they even talked about like, um, <laughs> sorry, our cat. Um, I don't know, just just other celebrities that yeah. had gone. But one question that I just want to sit and pause: No hate to the celebrities that went there at all. No, it's who was seeking them out. To pretty much use them, yeah, in honesty, and why wouldn't your leadership and head pastor—I don't know if they call Brian Houston that, whatever—sit um, you down if you are supposed to be carrying and shepherding a flock? Say, hey, buddy, let's have a seat. You know, there's like these photos floating around and all these things of, you know, you without your shirt on and flaunting your stuff and wearing this and that, um, you know, lust and all these things. And like, what are you trying to achieve? But in reality, Brian Houston wanted that. Yeah. It, Carl Lenz was Houston's golden child. There was a lot of conversation. The documentary even hits it about yeah. one day Brian's going to retire and Carl Lentz is going to take over. I'm training my replacement. I got to be careful or he's going to run me out. There was this weird dynamic in their relationship so much so that when it came out about Carl Lentz's affair, there was not like a restoration plan from Hillsong. There was nothing like that. Now, I'm not saying that Carl Lentz should, should have stayed on staff, but their position to the public Behind closed doors is a different story, but to the position, to the public was, we're cutting ties. He's out. Yeah. We're going to bring in a replacement. Now the replacement of Carl Lentz, he's not even at New York. I believe he's launching a church in Hawaii now. So that whole transition, the way that Hillsong went about that, not only was it unhealthy in the restoration aspect of Lentz's family, it set up another family to not have success. And I mean, what, what was it? About three weeks ago, John Chris, the comedian, did uh, visited a couple churches in New York, did some Instagram stuff, and there was like 15 people in the auditorium at Hillsong, New York. This is a church that used to have lines wrapped for blocks yeah. People would beg to get in. They would say, we've reached capacity and we wouldn't allow anybody else in. That's huge. Yeah. So from a VIP section to um, anybody. Well, everybody's a VIP now. Section. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. So with all of those things, we, you know, there was Linz's leadership um, before he went to Hillsong, talked about that. There were some things that happened at Hillsong. I'm trying to think. There was one more point, or there was one more aspect of that episode that was very interesting. Oh, I know exactly what it is. Here it is. Okay. So they go, again, we said we weren't going to dive too deep into <laughs> the affair and things like that, but they actually had, I don't know if mistress is the type right word, but the person that was in an actual affair with him, they actually had her. Yeah, she talks on the documentary. Lot. Yeah. And, you know, can show, I think she might even show text messages. Yep. 
and even shows like some videos that he like videoed of himself and sent to her. But there's yeah. this there's this one line. Apparently, when this whole thing started between them two, his first thing was, "Don't Google me." Yeah, what? That literally makes somebody want to Google you. Like, if you ever go on a first date or something, be like, "Don't Google me." Well, you're pretty much asking for them to Google you. Yeah. But yeah, it was so weird. Like, he just saw her in the park, saw her across. I guess like the way she looked. Whenever they started talking to her and exchanged numbers, whatever, and he just said, like, don't Google me. And, of course, she did. Yeah. And saw who he was. But, you know, anyway. But we got to bring it back. Why is this so important in our day and time? And I think it's because we are right now, it's so strange to say, but we are in a season of, Moral failures with church leadership, ships, mm-hmm. multiple churches. It seems to be this constant. Gosh, and we'll probably do an episode later about Chandler. But not that, but no, let me preface, not that he did the same thing Carl Lentz did because he did not by no, any means, didn't. but everyone's taking it like that. Yeah, That's the thing that hurts me is people that are not a part of the church, that are not believers. That's just another thing yep. for them to point out and say, look, what's the difference between you and me? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole string of things coming out, moral failures, I mean, that goes all the way back to Robbie Zacharias several years ago after his death. Yeah, that whole thing, and then... You know, this, which this happened, like, before this documentary and everyone knew about it. And there's, I mean, there's been others. Do you remember, I don't know, wait, you weren't really, like, in church in high school. But did you ever listen to Steve Fee? Yes. And he he had an affair with somebody on his worship, like, band. Yep. Whatever. Anyway, it's just like, but yeah, in this day and age, for sure, So bringing it back, in this kind of culture of moral failure, what is the church's response? If you think your pastor is okay. He's not. He's not. No. Yeah, yeah. They're human. They're human. And to the people on the outside, the way that they view a pastor in a church, and I don't know if they have this idea of like, I don't know. Yes, they are held to a higher standard, and they should be because they're caring and shepherding for people. I mean, the Bible says in their judgment, <laughs> in that time, they're going to be held to that. Man, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm losing my <laughs> No, I think, um, I think if you think your pastor is okay, he's probably not because the pattern of moral failures is a representation of people not getting help. You know, in church culture, it's only been about two years, three years maybe, where getting help has been, quote unquote, normalized. Mm-hmm. But it's not normalized for pastors just yet. Right. And Because they're supposed to be taking care of everybody else. 
you know, like I, I see a counselor. Like not a lot of people know that about me. And I can tell you, I've been in spots where I'm not okay and I've needed help, you know? And I was, I was even talking to my counselor today about it, just asking the question, you know, why do you feel like there's such a stigma when it comes to people getting help? And it's exactly what you said is it's, hey, the pastors are the ones that are supposed to be caring for everybody else. Um, but he said something to me and it, it was almost like a bomb went off. And he says, it's going to stay that way. And it's going to stay that way in your church until you initiate the change. So I think the church's response and all of this is get your pastor help mm-hmm. before it's too late. Yeah. And way, practical ways to do that is, I mean, it's so great. I, I'm just thinking about like, you know, my our head pastor and lead teacher, mm-hmm. Pastor James Hilton, he is very much, when he preaches, there are quite a lot of sermons where he is preaching to himself and he will verbalize stuff that he's going through and hurt and all that. And that's what I want. If Like Austin's saying, if you're having a pastor that's constantly preaching and it's almost like nothing's ever wrong with them, that's a problem. Yeah, They're nine times out of 10 hiding something that they're struggling with. And so they're trying to overmask it <laughs> by just like they're okay. But practical ways to do that is just to start by going and talking to them and building a relationship with them, don't feel like you can't go and talk to them. I know like some churches, like it feels that way. And if it does, and the pastor honestly has no time for you, then you might just need to go somewhere else. (laughs) But start talking to them, connecting with them. I know it's very nice when people like bring dinner. I know some people bring dinner to their house sometimes, Mm -hmm. but it really starts with those things of like talking with them maybe just doing something nice and either, you know, going out to eat and taking them out to dinner, bringing them dinner to their house or something. But putting that relationship to where you can ask those questions and and say, like, I, I know, like, you're human and I'm human yeah. and I need help. I know you need help. Like, you know, and, and, and encouraging that. Yeah. And, you know, they might say they they get help. You know, you don't know. But a lot of them don't. Yeah. A lot of them, it's almost like being a, okay, being a mother. Okay. When I take my kids to the park or we go on a picnic or we go to the beach, what is the main thing that I'm focused on? My kids. That's the main thing. I will pack all the food in the world that I know, Mm. my, my, my whole mind. I'm not even focused on what I want to take to eat or what I want to snack on or drink on. There have been many cases where I've even forgotten about myself and I didn't even pack myself anything to eat, food, sustenance, or anything. I'm solely focused on them that I leave myself out and not even pack myself enough to eat a lot of times. So how much more for a pastor who is caring and shepherding for, you know, a hundred people or more? Yeah. So... Yeah, if if you want to, if you're one of those people that really want to see the change, and I pray that there are people out there, 
go to your leadership and say, I think our pastoral staff should have counseling covered by the church for their health. Right. You know, how can I help in that way? Or, you know, what can I do to help with that? Yeah. I mean, you have to think about it this way. Your pastor is the one who's trying to care for your soul. And you just have to ask the question, who's caring for theirs? All right. Well, we're going to end our episode here. Our next episode will be out next week. It'll be our reaction and response to the last and final episode of the Hillsong documentary. As always, friends, we we love having you here. Please remember to get this podcast a full five stars. Give us a great comment. Share with your friends. Find our YouTube channel where we just do fun family vlogs. And find us on Instagram at the Struggles We Grow From podcast. I know that's long, but <coughs> just easy. Find us there. Message us. We always respond to our messages. We love hearing from you guys. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. Bye.